When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of A Little Wiser. I am here with producer Erica Gerard. Hello. Live from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and in New York, we have Tara Daigle, associate producer. Hello, Tara. Hello. Good morning. We are here, as we always do on these episodes, to talk about last week's episode and share basically the things that stuck out to us that that will take away the things that made us think differently. And last week's episode was with Andrea Gibson. Andrea is a spoken word poet, a very famous poet, by the way, like a big deal, real poet, poet. <laughs> they have a huge following on Instagram. I looked them up and I was like, oh, you're a like a real deal poet. Yeah, with like super fans. I've had people reach out and we're like, oh my God, you interviewed Andrea Gibson? So yeah, Andrea is has built this really incredible career telling stories, much, many about pain and suffering. And Andrea's non-binary and uses the pronouns they and them. They are in the throes of this two-year journey with a really aggressive form of ovarian cancer. And Andrea spent most of their life really like just struggling deeply on every level, emotionally, mentally, and then channeling all of that into their art, which was this wildly successful spoken poetry. And the fascinating part of the story because this podcast is about hope and possibility, is that the actual thing that set Andrea free from living in this constant state of anxiety, pain, and suffering was cancer, ovarian cancer, and facing their mortality. That's the heart of the story, as I see it. So I'm excited to talk to you guys about this. But yeah, what'd you think, Erica? I loved this episode so much for a few reasons. One, I have way more empathy now for people who are true hypochondriacs because I think we throw that term around a lot, you know, oh, you're just being a hypochondriac. But Andrea was a true, actual true hypochondriac. And I love the way that they described their mom being so sensitive to that and really trying to calm Andrea down and explain why they had nothing to worry about and why, you know, it, it was just really cool. So I will never make fun of hypochondriacs again because it was it's a real distressful thing to have. And then secondly, 
I loved the way that they shared what we can do to shift our perspective toward all the getting all the benefits that Andrea got after they went through this diagnosis and, you know, treatment process. But we don't actually have to get cancer to take away those lessons. And the lesson that stuck with me the most was the difference between saying, life, I forgive you, and life, I thank you. Like when the way that Andrea said when they stopped saying, I forgive you, life, for the hard things and started saying, I thank you, life, that it transformed everything. And I think I need to write that down or old school, get a tube of lipstick and write it on my bathroom mirror so I can remember that every day. Because it it really is a transformational way to approach your daily life. The whole message of this podcast rings so true to me because, well, I guess it depends what spaces you're in. But very often at a meal, out in the world, reading things, and people are so angry. Mm. There is rage and there is on all sides, all spectrums. So people true. are angry and enraged and people are anxious. And I have, a, a, I have and have experienced all of these things, but it appears to be the dominant emotion in the world. And I think what is being lost is focus, celebration, acknowledgement of all that is good and right in the world. And there is so much every day. And that doesn't mean that there isn't incredible suffering, right? And we all know that. But I think Andrea lays out an argument that it is a disservice, and maybe they wouldn't use that language, but to just live in a state of anxiety, fear, and, and you know, the interesting thing was they were talking about really this transcendental way of being where they wake up and it's just joy, complete gratitude for the music that's playing in the kitchen, you know, for the simplicity of walking outside mm. and hearing the birds chirp. And I was saying, ah, that just seems so elusive. It's so far reaching. And Andrea immediately was like, but it's not. Like it, it's it's right there for the taking. Um, and like, I, I feel myself talking about this in an animated way because I I think we're all witnessing it. And we do have a choice to be aware and heartbroken um, and activated by the pain and suffering that is happening in the world, the injustice, all these things that we're seeing. But I think this episode was really about stopping to look around and mm -hmm. recognize all that is good and true and real in our day-to-day -day lives. And that is a powerful, relevant, timely message. Well, to your point about people walking around right now with a lot of anger and rage, when you when you go beneath that, when we look at that unmet need there, is that we're all looking for 
attention, just someone to acknowledge us and treat us with respect and make us feel seen and noticed, right? If you're going to get a cup of coffee, just instead of getting mad that the person is maybe busy and multitasking and not giving you so much attention, can we transform those moments? And I think what they said about a lot of us walking through life trying to get something and not get power or get prestige, but get approval, get respect, get attention, things like that, that there's a shift to be made there. Even just the shift of maybe I don't need to get those things. Maybe I can instead focus on what I'm here to give. So back to that coffee shop moment, can I give grace? Can I give compassion? Can I give understanding to this person who's looks really stressed out right now, who's maybe can't help me as quickly as I would like? And so that lesson I thought was really powerful. Yeah. And I think what I heard throughout the entire episode, what the resounding message that they shared was at the core, mm-hmm. everything that they began to feel so immensely was love and love for themselves, love for humanity, love for their journey. And it was just all encompassing and realizing that that is at the core of who we are and that we truly are all one people just trying to freaking do life and exist together in this world. And I, what I particularly found was really, really interesting is as a poet, they were saying they feel all the feels, right? Obviously they're writing and feeling and have all of these emotions that they're processing and writing through, but it wasn't until their diagnosis Mm -hmm. that they felt this immense feeling that they had never felt before of love and joy and awe astonishment that they allowed themselves to really feel it. So I found that super interesting being, I would say, a pretty empathetic person. I definitely connected with them when they said, at times, it can be difficult to feel those emotions while seeing the world in the condition that it's in and having heartbreak at the same time. I loved the description of the chemo room. Oh, yes. And how all the identities and everything in the outside world just melts away and gets stripped. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember if it was in our interview or in my researching and listening to their other interviews, but Andrea describes it's like black, white, young, old, you know, a man in a MAGA hat. Andrea is a queer poet and everyone is just human and together and rooting for each other and all there on this shared journey. And it is as if everything is left behind all of the stuff that really, truly doesn't define like our true humanity or our time here or our potential to heal. And I just thought that was like and when they ring the bell during their last treatment and oh the bell the bell oh and that Chills. sort of yeah like gives a celebration obviously for that person but this moment of hope for everybody else who's in the throes of their treatment and fighting for their life i thought that was really cool yeah and i loved 
the the notion of um something about feeling like you've lost everything makes you brave just makes you a lot braver and i think i would rather be brave than scared and i would rather be yeah i wait i don't really know what i'm i'm saying there but maybe brave is a is a choice as well and i, I know i'm always talking to you guys about how i don't feel brave am i always talking to you about that i don't know <laughs> You've mentioned it before. But it's true. <laughs> yeah. I also think that there was a message there and that there's always this narrative, people don't change. We're actually changing every day, like just physiologically, right? We change, Our bodies are changing. We're aging. We're, and not only do people change, people have radical transformations for all sorts of different mm -hmm. reasons, right? In this case, it was cancer. But this notion that people don't change, I, I think this show has proven over and over and over again to me through our guest that people do in fact change and can change for the better. And Andrea is a testament to that, a person who lived with a ton of fear and anxiety and suffering. And then ultimately this thing that you would presume would be the definition of deep suffering became a person of joy and ease and just this well of optimism and gratitude and joy. So, I mean, I, I think that's really important to think about. And the way that they described getting on that stage for the first time and every subsequent time after that, that the fear never went away, even after their diagnosis, getting on stage was still terrifying. I also was reminded that doing things that scare you is so important. I used to, in Los Angeles, get on stage with uh, The Moth and other various storytelling shows, and I would perform my writing, my stories, and it was terrifying. I, I, I had to dissociate from my body in order to get through it, but Every time I did, it was like a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders just to get it out of your body, like all the things that you have been through and the thoughts and the feelings and the experiences and just to get them out there is so healing for not only you, but everybody who is listening and can relate to your story. And so the way that they described the terror of those early days as a performer and that they just did it anyway. And I, I just want to say that if you're going through something really intense, don't forget to write about it because it's incredibly useful. On the heels of fear, I want to be really honest with our listeners because I think many of us are feel this way and maybe even feel a little, I don't know if ashamed would be the the right word, but this is our first time having a non-binary guest on the show. And the pronouns are still a learning curve to get into that natural place. And I was really scared. I was scared of messing it up. I was scared of getting it wrong. I was scared of offending or upsetting people. And it really 
trip me up in the sense that this show is so much about, you know, humanity and just showing up for people. And I always want to do that in the most present and respectful and, and it's new language. And it scared me a little bit that I would mess up and that would create a disconnection. And I'm and I'm sharing this because I think a lot of people are are learning new language and new pronouns. I mean, and then the funny thing was Andrea was like, I like my cancer has kind of made me like not even care about my gender identity. I know. I love that part. I know. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna say the wrong thing. I'm gonna offend Andrea. People are gonna like <laughs> write in and hate me for whatever thing, whatever their opinion is. And then Andrea's like, yeah, I don't really care anymore. I'm like a human being living and dying and sharing my story, which was rad. But I just wanted to be honest about that. And I even was like calling Tara. I'm like, oh, I'm so worried. I, you know, I'm learning. And this is, you know, for 47 years, I've used she, him, Mm -hmm. her, his, and it's it's new and it feels a little scary and it felt scary to do it so publicly. I just wanted to share this tip, which comes from my very dear friend, Barb Morrison, who also uses they, them pronouns, which is that if you mess up, just just correct yourself and move on. Don't make a big deal about it. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like they hear that all the time. So what Barb was telling me was like, yeah, it's all good. Just do a simple correction and move on. We're it's all good. Yeah, and in the same sense of what Andrea said is in writing, in taking in poetry, it's super important to be authentic and tell your truth. And yeah. I think mm-hmm. that was part of our conversation, Kimmy, when we were developing this episode is just own it. Like, just own, hey, I'm feeling a little bit insecure about this um, one thing. And then Andrea spoke about that in the episode and how so much weight was lifted when they started to perform their poetry in open audience or live audience settings. They would just own, hey, I'm feeling really anxious. My hands are sweaty. I might have a panic attack. And it allowed other people to have permission to feel their feelings. And it became this very unified experience. And I think from what they said, a great experience of healing for them, Um, which again, I think goes back to human connection, storytelling, being able to share ourselves truly authentically as who we are, stripped away from all of the things and just be ourselves and share that we're allowed. It it enables us to connect with each other deeper. And at the core of that is the message that Andrea shared, which is love. Yeah. And that, again, was really their message of like, just sharing all of that is was kind of the magic of their ability to connect with their audience, because there was no hiding and everybody's hiding something. So when you're there and and give everyone else permission to stop hiding. That's a really powerful way of 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 being and and in their case performing. Totally. Yeah. Whether you're hiding your 
anxiety, your panic, your yeah. your illness, secrets, your regret, your your illness, yeah, your fear of saying the wrong thing. <laughs> it's a million things we walk around hiding, right? Do we have a call to action? Mrs. Call to Action, Erica Gerard. <laughs> well, I think the call to action here is to experiment with, uh, I sometimes I feel very annoying saying the word gratitude because it's such a buzzword and it's, I feel like lost yeah, all of its meaning. But when I say experimenting with gratitude, I mean specifically in those moments where we feel like we're anxious or angry or resentful or sad or uncomfortable that we can just stop and remember to look around and find three things to be thankful for. Just stop. Look around the room. Can you look at, can you identify, can you feel three things to be thankful for and see how that, see what it does. Yeah, and I can't remember what the quote is, but uh, they got through the whole, we got through the Layla whole episode Paco. without them barking, and then I was I was so proud of myself. <laughs> Hershey, come here, Hershey, kissy, come here. Oh, All right, on that, take. that is no, we are ending the episode on this <laughs> Hershey kissy, and that is a moment. <laughs> to be grateful for is healthy, happy, barking dogs in the middle of three podcasters trying to do the best that they can in the world. True that. I love it. I love it. All right. Be well, everyone. We have our final episode of the season next week. Very different story than Andrea and one that we're very excited to share with you. So take care of yourselves, take care of your people, and we'll be back next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. So, I mean, I, I think that's really important to think about. Why is my phone dinging <laughs> when I said turn off? trying to say profound things okay. <laughs> i'm leaving this in ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million ohioans live with a mental health condition in the u.s more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide so why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.